This is Paul Nobles from Eat and Form, and I am here with both new customers and also people that have been with Eat and Form for a while. We kind of combined the two because um, in the months past the new year, actually last, I would say last month, we had 80 people in the new and we only had seven in the in the people that had kind of been here for a while. So I think most of those people kind of have the message. So we ended up combining the two and we'll be doing some Q&A. We're gonna go over a topic here in just a second. But I wanna first introduce you guys to the Director of Coaching for Eat Reform, Becky Avaro, she's always with us. And then the lead, one of our lead coaches, Carolyn Mele, um, she'll be the one that will kind of funnel the questions to me as we go. And so we wanted to walk through two really important ideas. And I think when you're a client and you have your numbers and you think, wow, this is, this is really cool. This is going to help me. And you're following the plan, but you're not necessarily updating the plan for your coaches. You're probably thinking, I am getting great coaching because of these numbers. But in reality, if the coach in the app isn't getting updated so that when the coach checks your numbers, you're actually getting really bad coaching. The, the thing that's magical about coaching is when the client sees your numbers, right? And so when we look at, I mean, we're probably one of the only places that's super honest with you. And part of the reason why we're super honest you know, I saw advertising for another place and um, they were talking about shortened diet cycles, which I think most people know that's sort of a hallmark of what we do. And as they were explaining what they do, I was like, well, that's what they have wrong. That's what they have wrong. That's what they have wrong, right? Because we've been doing it for so long, right? And one of the things that we, we figured out right out the gate was, there's this idea that you can kind of get away with things doing 80-20, right? And usually that's really popular with the types of programs that there really is no coach. They're not seeing whether or not you're actually doing the plan or not, right? And when we are making adjustments, seeing how things are going, right? Because you can optimize it. Now, we, you could also do it in kind of a very specific type of way where every two weeks and you could kind of get it right. But the reality is, is that if you are losing a significant amount of weight, the one thing that you want to do, and don't get me wrong, I think the good majority of the people in these situations are following the plan fine. But if your coach doesn't know that you're following the plan fine because you're not updating the app, then our adjustments aren't as good, right? Because if we see that you're still getting like two pounds a week, right? And, and but we don't see the app, it's gonna be really difficult for us to kind of make customized, you know, adjustments. Along the way, of course, you know, we can kind of, kind of get things done. But specifically, you know, I had a client that, that wasn't getting me weight um, for various reasons. And um, she wasn't, 
she wasn't averse to getting me weight, but she just, you know, um, liked to weigh herself at a certain time of day. And that time of day was different than the time of the day where she's, you know, with the app, you know? And I was like, man, you're really making my job much harder than it needs to be right now. You know, what are we talking about? So weight, of course, is one, you know, um, part of what we're trying to teach you is that the weight um, has to really, the expectation of weight and what it is, right? You know, everybody says, well, it's a data point. When someone says to you, weight is just a data point, often what you hear is this person is just dismissing what I'm saying, right? We don't tend to say that. What we tend to say is, that one, as a data point, that data point's going to go up and down and we're intentionally pushing it up and down to get the result that you ultimately want, right? So like as your super day, I think it would be logical for everybody to go, my weight's going to be up. Well, think of every other diet program that you've ever done. Which one of those has said, yeah, your weight's gonna be up on those days? right? We actually programmed it that way. <laughs> you know, most people are like, whoa, you know, I'm not here for this weight going up thing. But in reality, the weight going up actually does allow for the weight to go down, right? It's part of, you know, how your metabolism works. And so it's a, it's actually a really important piece of how your metabolism works. And so the, the programs that are just one number and really super low, you know, they're not going to really focus on that piece. So, you know, if you're with a program, that's really low numbers almost all the time. And they tell you, well, wait, it's just a number, you know, it's just a data point. It's kind of dismissing what it really is doing. Right. And, you know, if you're just eating 1100 calories every single day, yeah, your weight not moving is going to be a really big deal because you realize you probably hit a wall. Right. What we do when we adjust the numbers, you know, through the seven days is we're actually slowing down the way that your body can react to that, right? And then also, right, as most of you know, we don't just give you one number. We actually bring the numbers down as we go. And at each level, we should be losing weight, right? And then we'll talk a little bit about, you know, um, what is happening as most of you are going into AP, what you should expect, what you should be doing and things of this nature. The, the numbers that, you know, I would say aren't as important, they're important and, and your coach does use them, but the numbers that you have to get those are the macros, right? Um, that, that's just so super important. Now, Knowing your sodium is also really helpful because if your weight's up any one given day and we see that your sodium's at 4,500 and you were mostly sedentary for that day, you know, those, those insights are helpful. Like we, we wouldn't necessarily make an adjustment, right, based on that information. The other one that, um, you know, fiber, I would say fiber is a little overrated. A lot of people... Um, it's nice to know when it's low. When it's higher, 
you know, and and you will often get like a red or something like that, and people obsess about why they have a red with fiber. The this it we may change this at some day, very likely going to change it someday. The issue with fiber was that 10 years ago when e perform started, everyone was eating paleo, right? And, and everyone was coming from like whole, a whole 30 and, and things of this nature. So they were eating so much fiber that it was actually detrimental to their program. So you would look at their file and they'd have 80 grams of fiber a day, 90 grams of fiber a day. That's actually kind of a negative if we're trying to get some of those starches that we prefer, you know, to feed your muscles in your brain, you know, but there, once again, we get back to the magical food idea, which I'm not sure that we were necessarily talking about, um, but we were talking about it previous to this, where the standard advice, if you're a doctor, or the standard advice of most studies and things of this nature is going to be eat mostly whole foods, right? But people then take that advice, and and there's a lot of people that kind of kind of push this um, that if you eat mostly whole foods, there's there's a few things you need to realize. One, you're probably under eating a lot of the time, right? Which might be the goal, right? You 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 were overdoing it. You, you know, you were eating too much fast food, things of this nature. Now you move to mostly whole foods. And, and as you move to mostly whole foods, you're taking away a lot of calories, which once again, might be great, but it would be better if you knew the specifics of what those calories are. So then you could use them to get a specific result. People don't want to do that because they would rather not know every single thing that goes into their body at all times, right? And we'll talk about that in, in, in the AP point. But the thing is, is that it's not magical. And when, when the fiber thing happened and the people are like, I don't understand why it would be a negative. It's a negative for extreme outliers that are getting 80 to 90 grams of fiber. Um, and, and they're all stopped up and they can't figure out why, you know, um, things aren't going the way that they, and then coaches can use that. It's much less than it used to be, right? Um, but that is why that exists and that, you know, we probably will make an adjustment. Um, but that just adjustment, just so you know, um, was recommended by multiple registered dietitians, right? They were looking at it from the standpoint of what you need to get kind of bare minimum right? And not necessarily looking at it from the standpoint of um, kind of missing it on the top end. So the fiber part, I would say not, not huge. Um, sugar, another great example, good to get. Um, you know, it's helpful to know if you're eating 120 grams of sugar, and we're going to give you the advice to kind of bring that down to a much more reasonable level. But I would say that if you know, you don't update your sugar on one day, it's not going to stop the adjustment team from making their adjustment, right? It's your, it's, your, it's really your macros um, that are big. So I'm not telling you don't fill out the other stuff. I'm just saying to you, you know, there's a lot of places that tell you it's not that big of a deal if you're not consistent in fat loss. The difference between 
those places and us is they're often giving you a number to nowhere, right? You're going to be dieting for months and months and months and months and months, right? So they're telling you any kind of freedom that you have is probably something you actually need from a mental standpoint. The way that we do it and the reason why we need consistency from day one is because it's a short period of time, right? And and what was interesting is, as I was reading this, this competitor talking about this new program that they've had, that we've had for, for basically 10 years, is that the when you shorten it to say four weeks, as an example, essentially in the first two weeks, you're gonna lose water, right? I think we all know that, but you know that's useful because you know, in getting rid of that water, we can get to the fat. But if you only have two weeks where you're really kind of getting into the fat loss phase, you can't really dig in to that, right? And then the other piece that they definitely had wrong is there's no way that they're allowing their clients to get to the calories that we have you guys get to, right? And ladies, um, the, you know, it's just, we went over this a gazillion times early on where, you know, people specifically in AP would, they would lose 12 pounds. They were happy about their weight loss, but they were getting scared about food coming back. And we, we weren't, we weren't, we, I'm not saying that we we allowed people to do it. The majority of people did not do it, right? But we were using kind of a white glove approach, you know, or, or, or just a, a gloved approach where we were kind of trying to, to be mindful of people's mental health, right? But at the end of the day, if people aren't getting the results that they need, that's also not gonna be favorable for their mental health, right? So we were kind of allowing them to cuddle up to their dieting brain when we were then telling them, your dieting brain is the problem, right? You're never gonna to get to where you ultimately wanna go if food never really normalizes. And so now, you know, when we tell people, and some people it takes up to six weeks, you know, for, a, for an AP cycle, because we have to bring them along to where it works out. But we know that we got them to a number that they can go to fat loss too, you know, in a specific way. I mean, when you buy each form and you just stick to the dieting piece and you don't do the each perform phases, right? The AP and PR, you really didn't do each perform. So you really, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not in favor of the term magic, right? But, but, if you're looking at the magic of what we do, it's when the food comes back, right? And so, you know, this was very early on, by the way. This was, you know, this was eight years ago where we realized that if we didn't stand our ground on the performance phases, right, where, where you know, is what is the topic of the day, then you know, we weren't allowing you guys to see the result. I keep saying you guys, I'm sorry about that, but guys and ladies, um, I don't know why. My wife makes me a stickler on that. And I think it is actually a good thing to be a stickler about. Um, but um, I, I still struggle with that. The, 
the the last piece though that I really want to want to the the other part is that if we're gonna do short cycles, right, of only six weeks, and they are aggressive, right? I mean, they're as aggressive as some of the lower programs that you'll see that are doing like these, you know, one number programs. Uh, there's no secret about that, right? We get pretty aggressive with you, you folks, and we make sure that you're kind of getting the results that you need. But you have to be consistent in that six weeks, right? Like if you're on a diet to nowhere where they, they're giving you 1,100 calories and, you know, when you ask them, hey, when are my calories going to go up? They're like, your calories don't go up, right? We have this magical psychology where you get to eat 1,100 calories for the rest of your life, right? And it's like, okay, well, I don't think I want to do that, Mr. You know, um, rhymes with Zoom. Um, but <laughs> the the um, man Zoom is having Newman's having a bad week, man. Newman's having a bad year. They just got sued for seventy million dollars. Like they're they've been trending for like they were trending most of January for um, the eating disorder. People went after them really really hard for a lot of the way that their programs really set up. Um, and when, you know, I, I, I don't often bring up other programs. I will bring up Noom occasionally because I believe that Noom is based on a giant lie. I don't believe that Noom is going to exist in five years. You know, I think dieting is one of these things where something like Noom can become really, really popular really, really fast. And the minute um, the minute that people realize that they've been sold a bill of goods, they tell everybody dieting is like that. A lot of things aren't like that, right? You know, um, some things you're going to do now, the one reason why dieting is like that occasionally is because many of you, um, blame yourselves when you're deceived by these people, right? News based on this big lie that, that, you know, magical psychology is going to allow you to eat 1,100 calories for the rest of your life. They have nothing that is based on on moving calories back to normal, right? So, you know, I I really struggle with that lie as someone that you know does a lot of work to bring people the truth every single day, you know. And so, um, and and I was happy to see, you know, I'm 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 a little upset at the the science crowd that they weren't the people to step up it was really the eating disorder crowd that that did you know the science people know that there's no magic psychology to this that that noom is just another diet right and um and so i'm glad that they're they're running into trouble they should run into trouble i i mean between carol and becky and myself you know we deal with so many people that struggle with their relationship with food and you know early on a lot of discussion was weight watchers ketogenic dieting right all these things that that you know people struggle with for various reasons and you know noom i i just i just don't know 15 years from now how many people are going to say that really messed me up Right. And so so that's why I bring it up every now and again. Um, so, you know, if you realize that 
within the six week periods where you are doing fat loss, that it's really super important um, to stay kind of consistent. The big thing that I think about in the way we set it up is that willpower is almost like a, a glass of water, right? And so the more you drink from the water, at some point, the willpower goes away. And what the next topic is going to be is when the water comes back, how to refill that glass, right? And that's what AP and PR are set up to do. So I'm going to stop. Um, <laughs> I don't know what Omada is, but are you referring to OMAD, where you only eat one meal a day? Um, that I'm, I'm getting some messages from people, but um, I probably shouldn't be distracted by that. <laughs> I'd let Carol, Carol do that. Um, so we do need questions. Uh, if you have any questions, you know, just about anything that's confusing you at all, make sure to get those in chat right now, because we're, we're, we try to keep these to, to an hour. Um, we do go over occasionally, but uh, today is not going to be one of those days because, like I said, um, we have a we have a date with some locals here in California, and um, that is a good question, Shauna. We'll go over that in just a second. So, the middle stage, which is adaptation prevention. That came into existence about four to five years ago. And the reason why it did is that we knew that the PR cycles were uh, really important and that getting calories back to normal, but it, it got to a point where you could really see that people would hit a wall around four weeks. And so you lose the water weight. We're now getting into losing bodily fat. Um, people are working out worse. And at that point we had no AP. And so we would start to see kind of these um, drifting off from the plan, right? Right around, you know, after week four. And then, you know, we are then walking through that with people and walking through you got to stick to the plan. And we would see people get two, three months, but they didn't have, you know, the, the level of consistency that would have had them be much more successful. So we did initially start at four weeks because we saw that four weeks was, was an issue. And, I, you know, I'm not going to go through every single piece of how we came to the decision of the cycles that we have. But the big thing was that while it did become harder at four weeks, um, having that extra two weeks did make a difference. It was like the difference between, you know, six to eight pounds and 10 to 12 pounds. And what we found was, is that the people at four weeks that started to drift from the plan, if they knew they only had two more weeks, they didn't drift. Right. And so we knew that time was valuable as it related to fat loss. Right. And so we put in that stopgap measure with about 50 people 
and we saw it work so much better than the way we were doing it, which was basically three month cycles previous to that. We'd always, you know, been of, of, of the belief that, you know, calories going back to normal. We, we saw it very early on, but in a lot of ways, AP became, you know, a big piece of, of what we do. And so um, a lot of people often ask, well, there's two things about AP that I think are really important. One, wait for the more flexible meals at least two weeks, right? So you'll be able to add some foods back that you like, right? And I am seeing a lot of questions coming in. So I'm going to go ahead and kind of cut this short a little bit so we can get to the questions. Because uh, I don't know if you guys figured this out, but I'm a little long-winded. And so, you know, I like to get into depth with every question so that people walk away with, man, I wish he would have said this, you know, I wonder what he thinks about that. So I try to try to think about, you know, I've heard most of these questions a, a few times. So in AP, you want to start adding some foods back you like, but you don't want to have like the, the, I always joke the cheesecake and beer, right, until like almost you're moving into fat loss too. And so um, that can really derail things because let's say that you lost 10 to 12 pounds and then the minute it's over, like you do with a lot of diets, right? Like a lot of people do is the minute their diet's over, you know, I mean, if, if there's any one thing, you know, that destroyed Whole30 and I mean, I don't even know anyone that's still doing Whole30s, right? But the problem with Whole30 was that 31st day, right? And people would go back to, to eating normal and then their weight would be up four to five days and the wheels would come off, you know? The best thing possible is to allow for those calories to get back closer to 2,000 calories for, for women, back closer to 2,300 for men, and then have more flexible of a meal as you go into fat loss too, right? And because of that meal, yes, your weight might be a little bit up, but it's more likely that your weight will go down a little bit more aggressively in, in fat loss too. You don't want to go, um, you know, just crazy off the reservation. Um, the, I'm not sure that I should say that, um, but, but just crazy um, to where the wheels are coming off and then you know, you gain five pounds in one day and then your fat loss too starts off where you think that you're at 160, but the scale is actually telling you you're at 165, right? And so mentally people go, well, I only lost three pounds in fat loss too. It's like, well, no, you lost eight pounds because you started at 165, you know? I, I'm just telling you, we've seen so much where the data just doesn't match the way that people feel or the way that people think. Um, can you lose weight in AP? I would say it's not really the goal, um, but you know we can talk about that. I'm sure that comes up in most most things. It all comes down to effort. You know, at the end of the day, uh, the other thing that people always ask is, how should I work out? You should probably move to more of a way. Man, someone, some of these questions are kind of long that I'm seeing um, out of the corner of my eye. Um, but the, the workouts really should move to more like weightlifting, body weight type stuff. So we're kind of getting those 
you know, nutrients that are coming in. And now we're, we're, um, so many things distracting me, you guys, right now. I'm letting all these people in to the thing and then also see the questions out of my eyes. So we're going to get the questions in a second. But uh, in AP, you really do want to bring some of that weightlifting if you kind of took it away, right? Because you were kind of lower in energy and you went to mostly walking and, you know, um, you want to bring back some of that stuff. Doesn't mean that you don't walk. Doesn't mean that you don't still do 10,000 steps. So I think the answer is always effort, right? Um, and you should be able to weight, stay weight stable. I think most people that stay weight stable or don't stay weight stable, if they're honest with you, um, they did kind of go the cheesecake, cheesecake and beer route a little bit too much. Um, and it does matter, right? Like, you know, um, if you lose 10 to 12 pounds in six weeks and then you know, after a weekend, now your weight is up for and you're struggling to get it to back down because your calories are actually normalized. We're trying to bring your calories back to normal. Now, all of a sudden, you're of the mindset you lost eight pounds, right? And that's where things get tricky. Like the, everything that we talked about in the beginning of the call, you go, why do people do that? That's why, right? That's why is because they you know, they go, I need this, right? And when they say they need this, they think, well, I need a beer. And that beer becomes six beers, right? And so that's why, even though it does require a lot of discipline, as food's coming back, you will be able to add some foods that you like. But if you add a big load of calories, you know, it's not going to go the way that you want it to go, right? So that's all I'm saying is be careful with that. So let's go ahead and move into the Q&A. And then if there, wasn't, if there wasn't something covered related to AP going into fat loss too, we can then do that afterwards. Um, Carolyn. Yeah, Alina was asking, so is it okay that I do not track my fiber? I, th I think it's okay-ish. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I think you're fine if you're seeing results and and, you know, you're going to the bathroom regularly and and there's no problems there. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, for me, I'm pretty diligent about it just from the standpoint of, you know, a lot of times when you eat vegetables, you think vegetables have a lot of fiber and then you start tracking them and you're like, oh, my goodness, vegetables have almost no fiber. <laughs> right. Um, and then you realize that things like beans have fiber and other foods that like you just weren't even thinking of. And so I'm very conscious of my fiber. I would say that if if both of the things that I just said are fine for you, then don't worry about it. Right. Um, it's not that important. Um, I would also be concerned on the high end. Right. What if you're one of the 80? So like, for instance, what if you're struggling with weight loss and you're one of the 80 to 90 grams people because you're not getting enough starches. So that's where, you know, these are all puzzle pieces. We use the different puzzle pieces to help you figure out why you're stuck, right? So if we're missing it, it might be something to add. That's what I would say. But as long as you're seeing the results that, that you want and remember, you know, in the AP and PR cycles, you know, unless you are, 
you know, really severely overweight, you're not going to see massive change in those cycles on purpose, right? We're trying to get set you up for another deficit, especially if you have a lot of weight to lose. And so um, can you? Yes. Once again, this comes down to effort. But if you lose 30, 40 pounds, you know, right out the gate, you're going to have a lot of energy to keep going. And, and often people are able to ride that wave, you know, to a lot of weight loss. So kind of keep that in mind. But in terms of fiber, you know, as long as you're kind of reaching, you know, the goals that you reach and bodily functions are working, I think you're fine. Yeah, I just want to say, too, that sometimes as a coach, I might ask about fiber if you're not tracking it, especially if there's an issue. If I need to troubleshoot something, the more data we have in there, the better. Um, Carrie, um, we've got her answered. Uh, Barbara's asking, how long do I need to get my greens in order to get to fat loss, too? Um, I would say, well... It's not so much the greens as much as it is the amount, right? And so, so we really want to get the amount. So now let's say that you're giving us yellows, right? Well, we're not going to advance you to fat loss too because we know that it's not going to work, right? That's, see, that's the thing. If you were listening to the beginning of the call, if you were on for the beginning of the call, we know what works and what doesn't work. And so we're not going to advance you. Like for instance, let's say that we get you by six weeks, you aren't giving us enough data and your calories are 1800, but you're kind of giving us yellows. So maybe the average calories are around 1650. There's no point in putting you in fat loss too, because you're going to lose like a pounder to at the most. So the, the math matters. This is the, this is the part that, all these companies aren't honest with you about, right? Is that you have to get these numbers up most of the time just to get average results, right? Better than average results only happen when you're, and I'm speaking to weight loss, when you are really off the rails. That's what I should, should have said earlier, off the rails. Um, but in terms of like, you know, not giving us the data that we need, giving us yellows, most of the, and the coach is constantly walking through that piece and you're kind of scared to get up to 2,000, so you can start fat loss too. I mean, we're just not going to do it, right? Because, because you're paying us to tell you the truth. And the truth is, is that if your math doesn't get right, you can't be fixed. It won't work. Your goals will not happen. And there's too many programs that will allow you to dictate the process. When we stopped allowing clients to dictate the process, we started growing massively, right? I mean, we were doubling and tripling like every single month because what was happening was people were getting the results they were paying for. Now we were always getting results for people that were consistent, but people didn't necessarily understand the importance of the consistency. So those 25% of people, they would do great. And, and those are the people that would be in the, in the oh, eat form changed my life, right? But then once we became sticklers and said, we have to do this, this is not optional, then instead of 
eighty percent. It was it was that dramatic. Okay, Jamie's asking. I feel like I should continue in fat loss one for more than six weeks. Do I suggest that to my coach, or do they know what is best for me? Even if I had a rough week one and a weekend in Vegas in week four this week, um, I'm logging. I am logging in the app. So. So here's the answer to your question. Are you losing weight? If you're losing weight, your coach is going to let you go past six weeks. But you wanting to pay some sort of penance because of your weekend in Las Vegas, well, show it to me. Show it to me with your data. If the data is showing that you're still consistently losing two pounds a week, then you're not going to have any problem convincing your coach. So message your coach if you're still losing up to two pounds a week. But if you're just kind of waiting there, you know, at the end of a fat loss phase, you know, um, you know chugging along at, at zero to 0.5, there's no point in suffering like that, right? And so, you know, I understand, you know, you had a few moments where things didn't go really well. You know, we don't typically extend fat loss one um, unless you're seeing one to two pounds, right? More than one pound for sure, because we can do it in fat loss too, right? Fat loss one didn't work out. You had a trip to Vegas. That doesn't mean in fat loss two, you're going to have another trip to Vegas. Maybe fat loss two is the one you can milk for a little bit more weight. So I think what happens with everybody is that they, they, they want to get it all at once, you know, as if they need to be sold on this idea. Just go to the photos in the group for the last 10 years and you'll be sold on this idea like really big time. But there's no point in suffering through fat loss one unless you're losing, you know, around two pounds a week. Marlene's asking in AP, how much do calories go up to the same level as PR? And then you go to fat loss two. So here's the thing about calories on the top end. Most people know they get stuck on the low end around, you know, you know, anywhere from 1,000 to 1,200 calories. For women, I'd say for men, 15 to 1,800. You just get stuck and you just can't go past it. And, you know, eventually willpower will win in that scenario because you're constantly pushing. Um, in terms of uh, the, the numbers, can you read it to me again? Because um, I want to make sure that I'm getting it right. Yep. In AP, how much do calories go up to the same level as PR? And okay, then that, you go to fat loss too? Yeah. No, PR will almost always go higher, right? Because you're, that's, where, that's where I was going with it, right? Is that um, on the downside, as we're adjusting things down, you kind of hit a wall at a certain point and it's just, you just can't stick to it. You know, anybody that's done a thousand calories as a woman for a long period of time, you know that like it's going to end and it's going to end badly, right? Um, but what most people don't do is test the top end, right? And the top end can go, you know, I would say in PR, it's routine for women to get to, 27,000, there's some outliers that are over 3,000 for sure. Um, 
for men, it can probably get a little bit higher. You know, I talk a lot about, you know, where, where I moved to a more intuitive way of eating um, around 3,500 to 4,000. Most guys my age are not eating 3,500 to 4,000 or aren't honest about it, right? Um, they're not necessarily working to be that, right? Which is why I can move easily to, to a fat loss at any time and see an immediate result. Why? Because of the math. So you can push the top in a lot. AP will not get that high. No, the AP, AP is as much about the science as it is about the mentality. You know, you need a break and you need, you need to be mentally able to bring food back into the equation. And so for women, I would say, you know, we start to think about it at 2000. On the high end, sometimes people get away with 22 to 2300. That's nothing compared to what we see with PR for most people that are, are really pushing it. Now, you know, if you're, if you're not super active, you know, yeah, like in PR 2300, 2400, not uncommon, right? And I'm not super active, by the way. You know, um, I do play pickleball a lot for like three hours a day, which is a lot more endurance than you might think. Um, but I'm not like this super, you know, fire breather or anything like that. And so I would say most of my calories probably do end up at the top end 3,500 for guys, which, you know, if most guys knew that, they'd be like, sign me up, <laughs> right? Because it's pretty flexible to eat like this. Alina's asking, how many times can you go into fat loss? Uh, two. And here's why. Um, we've done fat loss three. And it just gets to a point of diminishing returns. So here's what you need to know about your metabolism. It adjusts within two weeks to any stimuli that you put in front of it, right? So if we put you in a three-month cycle, it's adjusting so much that to go to four and a half, it's just going to frustrate you, right? What's the hurry, right? I mean, I, I say what's the hurry because I want you to think about that mentally, but in terms of results, in terms of getting what you actually want, I mean, what we all want is to get to a place where we're comfortable and then have to diet as little as possible. If, if that's the case, and you see that something's working, fat loss one, fat loss two, right? Then, then you go, well, honestly, fat loss one, fat loss two didn't work out. That means you should be doing less fat loss, right? It's hard to answer your question without knowing the specifics. But I would say based on, you know, all the times we did it, we've never really had anyone be successful. It ends up with frustration as long as you're already losing a good amount of weight, I would suggest what the other person was asking about is like, start to think of it from an effort standpoint. Stop thinking about it from a standpoint of less and start thinking about it from a standpoint of abundance. You know, if we can get you to that place where, you know, you're 30, 40 pounds down, right? And now you're a gym killer, you know, I'm not saying you do that for the rest of your life, but if you're really motivated, like it sounds like you are, why wouldn't you be motivated with the thing that's going to help the most rather than the thing that's going to help the least, 
right? And I know you're thinking of from the standpoint of, you know, I just want to be done as quickly as possible. My way's better. You will get there and it will last better doing it my way. Monica is asking, when you say calories go back to normal, how do you determine what is normal? So let me, I can tell you this very easily. Normal is not a six pack of beer a night, right? Normal is not, you know, weekends that are off the rails and things of this nature. A lot of people take issue with what is normal, right? People that were over consuming, like remember the holidays, you know, where you weren't tracking and you signed up for you to perform and you know that you were kind of overdoing it a lot. That is not normal. Normal is usually a compromise between the two, right? And so like with your super days, especially in PR, you can get away with a lot of flexible eating, right? But normal is normal for your predicted total daily energy expenditure. One of the things that we brought to the table that is the new science, we were ahead of the science on this, and I knew we'd be ahead of the science on this, because it never made sense to me that if you could manipulate the food, you could figure things out. And if you could manipulate the food and figure things out of what people could get away with on the top end, it should make things on the bottom end um, much, much easier. Now, I will tell you, an early iteration of Eat Reform was you know, similar to what I did, which what I did was 5,000 calories every single day, maximum effort most of the time. The reality is many of the people that were signing up for Eat Reform were lawyers, doctors, nurses, moms, right? Teachers, just regular people doing regular things and didn't necessarily have all the time. To, to do like this crazy exercise, even if CrossFit, right? Like, like CrossFit, you know, very early on, CrossFitters were really in need to perform, but it was just like, hey, you know, you're only working out for 15 minutes, you know? I mean, at my peak, I was doing like three workouts, you know, two CrossFit workouts and like a long endurance thing. Um, not that I, you know, I've never recommended that to anyone, um, because very quickly, this was actually before he performed, but very quickly, you know, I realized I didn't need to do that, you know, um, to see the kind of results that I did. And so, so that's when my calories went from 5,000 to 3,500, right? But, you know, um, I'm, I'm losing track again, Carolyn, bring me back home to what the question was. Um, it was when you say calories go back to normal, how do you determine what normal is? Yeah. So it's just natural. Are you weight stable? Right. And, and, you know, within some fluctuation, right. If every Saturday morning your weight comes back to, let's say 139, well, then we're going to keep pushing the food because at some point it's not just about, um, losing weight. It's also about building muscle and building capacity, right? So we're going to push you on that top end number. Now we, you know, it sounds like you don't know that we do stop at a top end number, right? So that's the dirty little secret of eating form. You just don't go to food to infinity, right? 
most people that are very active, they, you know, for females, they do, they do stop at, you know, 27 to 3000. Um, like I said, you know, if they're not super active, we'll stop you at 2400. You know, we're the, what we're paying attention to are those key metrics, right? That if you've lost, you know, 20 to 30 pounds, like one of the, here, here's, here's what I think is the source of your question. If I start to gain weight, is a coach going to keep giving me food? And the answer is no, right? Um, what a lot of people think is these macros made me gain weight. And like the other person said, it's not that. It's the, it's the weekend in Las Vegas, right? It's, the, it's the, the week in the summer at your Nana's house, right? It's all these different little moments that happen that sort of get away from you. And then all of a sudden you don't check the scale daily. And then three months later you go to the doctor and oh my God, it's bad, right? This, this way that we're doing it, adding you know 100 calories, 150 calories, it, it's not what causes the problem, right? And as your weight is going higher, we're going to introduce ways for you to get that better or move back to fat loss. But what we're not going to do is allow people to get to 1600 and then do another dieting cycle because we know that doesn't do anything, right? And so it sounds like there's some mystery to that. And I'll, I'll calm your fears that we're not going to just like funnel food down your throat as long as possible, right? We have a pretty smart way of doing it. Jamie's saying, I'm eating way more food uh, calories in fat loss one than I was eating before I came to eat, eat to perform. The idea of eating even more in AP is so scary. A comment, I guess, not really a question, but obviously yeah. afraid of more food. Um, like what scares you moving back to normal? You know what I mean? Like, like that was where you were supposed to be this whole time, you know? I mean, I'm judging from what you're saying, your weight's stable, right? And so, so, and it sounds like you're probably having progress. I mean, making progress when your calories are higher than they were before is like a miracle. Now, one of the reasons why that can happen, right? Because we've seen this, you know, I'm, I have a client right now that um, I started helping um, just uh, as kind of a one-off, but they came to me, you know, saying, you know, I'm eating 1600, 1700, um, you know, but, but the holidays got off the rails. And so um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think I'm going to lose a lot of weight. Well, I was concerned about the 1600, 1700 thing, right? But I did not push my agenda, right? Um, this is what people think is that, you know, here's this Paul just trying to feed people all the time. No, like this person has goals. And um, if I can get her to, to lose weight, we'll, we're going to do it. She's down 12 pounds. And, and so, so there was sometimes a combination of effort. You know, effort is probably the most slept on idea in Eat to Perform, right? And if you think about it, for most of you, you put in your most of your effort on the time when you have the least food. In AP, 
put in more of your effort than you did in fat loss one because you have more food, you have more energy, and you'll stay weight stable in the process. The thing that you don't know is what your body's capable of, right? And AP is going to show it to you. And then when, once you're done and you've reached, you know, the goals that you reach, you know, through that period of time, you're really going to see it in PR and it's going to change your life. Michelle, if you, is... let it, if you let it, you have to let it, right? The, you're, you're letting too much logic take over and you don't have a full understanding of the science of what your body's capable of. Michelle is saying, today is day one of AP. I did not respond well to fat loss one. I work out with kettlebells and love to push myself. Coach keeps telling me to scale back, but I hate lists. Now that calories are going up, can I stick to kettlebells every day or should I still substitute with lists on some days? So I talked about that. This is the phase where you push it. When, when the, this is, what she was saying was, what your coach was telling you was that you came to us under eating, right? And so if we came to us under eating, she's trying to get the needle moving by burning calories with, with what is known as eustress, right? So there, there's stress and there's eustress. Eustress is the period where stress is not plentiful, right? Walking is a eustress activity. Right. Even like jogging can be a stress activity. And for some people that can get the needle moving. But for you, it sounds like you came to us. So if we're moving to AP and you're saying to me, I want to move to something that I can give more effort on that is going to put more of the nutrients into my muscles and my brain and, and things of this nature. Yeah, that's when you do it. Right. When we talk about effort, once again, people have it in reverse. They try to put too much effort into the less part and they they kind of let take their hands off the wheel when they're moving to activities that can actually change your body. You know, many of the people on this call that are either going through it and are su surprised how well they're doing and, and things of this nature have no idea what the impact of time and effort is going to be when you're well-fed, right? And, and I mean, like Sarah Hoffman, who posts in the group a, a lot of the time, she, um, she did a DEXA scan and um, she gained two and a half pounds of muscle and she was thrilled, right? And there's, there's a lot of people that will say to me often, oh, I'm okay blowing through a couple pounds of muscle as long as I'm losing fat. Well, first of all, if you're blowing through muscle, your body's at a point of deprivation where it's actually viewing your muscle as an energy source to break down, right? So you're, you're not getting to that point where you know, it, it views fat as the primary source to burn. And so, so that's the problem with being in a deficit all the time, but also it's so hard to build it back, right? And so, so I just think that, you know, 
you're going to see as food moves up, your energy is going to go up and those kettlebell workouts are going to go up greatly and your body's going to change as a result. This is, this is the moment you've been waiting for, you know? I mean, if, if you're, if you're saying, I want to go beast mode, let's do it. Show me, you know what I mean? Like, this is the time. This is, this is when to do it. Like all these people have effort backwards. You put the effort in now with the food being more. And let's push that as high as possible so that we can get your math to a place that when we finally do a deficit, there's something to go after. Carrie is saying, I'm coming from not eating enough, not eating consistently most recently. I also have a long-term history of prepping and tracking every single bite for months at a time for figure shows. As I'm starting this week, I'm basically just trying to get to my macros to find some consistency for a few weeks. I'm not doing a great job prepping every meal and snack. How quickly do I need to get there? Uh, yesterday, right? Um, the, here's the answer to the question, is that if you plan the day before, you'll always hit it 100%. This is what we were talking about earlier. If we're going to do six weeks short cycles. We got to get all six weeks. Otherwise, you're going to be the other person, right? The other person that was saying to us, well, you know, I didn't take the first week serious. And then I went to Vegas on week four, right? If you take it serious the whole time and plan ahead of time, right? You're giving yourself an option to fail at this point. And I'm not saying you, know, you just started, right? So I'm not giving you that lecture. Right. But what we see is that the people that plan the day before, you know, I mean, look, if you bought this by the results that, that you want to get and don't leave thoughts in your head of, well, what if, right? Just plan the day before. It's only six weeks. Food's going to come back. Sounds like you, you're already you know, used to all this stuff. I'm imagining that some of the appeal is to kind of let go of the wheel a little bit at some point. If you're going to do that, let's take this part serious and then let's get to the part where your macros are higher, where you can eat a little bit more flexibly and, and, and let things be a little bit looser, but this isn't the loose time, right? And I understand your first week, I'm not, I'm not getting down on you, right? But, you know, if you're really serious, you know, and I know coming from figure and, and things of that nature, I mean, don't, don't even get me into that, right? That, that nothing messes people up more than that stuff. So I, I have a level of empathy towards what you've probably been through um, because it's brutal, you know, but, um, but, you know, I know that you have been, you know, very rigid in the past. I am suggesting that some level of rigidity will at least allow you to understand, you know, the process better, right? And so, so plan the day before is the answer. Mm -hmm. Actually, I said to a client this week who said they got this little nugget of mine from a review. I said, don't log what you eat. I want you to eat what you already logged. Much easier that, that way. Oh man, that is so brilliant. 
like write that down. I am posting that on the main page. <laughs> I do say it a lot now. Uh, Kimmy's question, it's actually a meal planning question. So I'm going to get you to talk to your coach about that, um, about a substitution, but you do have a substitution guide with your meal plan that will also help you with that. Uh, Shauna is asking, it's important to log all activity and train. Is it important to log all activity and training, walking, cardio, weights, et cetera, daily? Do you need to be specific about weight being lifted, sets, reps, et cetera? So some paid, some coaches are going to hate me saying this, but the answer is no, right? Like the reality of the situation is the, the calories are doing the hard work. You know, steps, now steps matter, right? Um, just because when steps are too low, we do see a difference, you know? But if you get your steps to eight to 10,000, I would say definitely, if you know it, even if it's from a phone, log your steps. But in terms of every set, every rep, things of that nature, it just it just doesn't make that big of a difference in terms of, of, of weight loss. Um, it can, you know, you can give your coach some idea what you're doing. Like as an example, um, if you're doing lots of sets and reps, your body will tend to hold on to some of that water, right? As a result, because that's what you're doing, right? If you're, you know, you're eating nutrients, you're doing pump style workouts so that your, your nutrients then get fed into your muscle and break in the cells and all this other type of stuff. Um, then, you know, you want to let your coach know because if somebody's doing mostly cardio, they're probably at a little bit of a risk for losing some muscle along the way, right? So that's why we say keep, keep weight, you know, weights in the mix or body weight in the mix. Um, but the same, the opposite is also true. If you're doing a lot of that, let's say six days a week and weight loss is a little slower, but when you're looking in the mirror, you're seeing a much better physique. That's why, right? Is that people that stick with, you know, five, six days a week, pump style workouts, they're not going to lose acutely the weight but they will more acutely lose the fat. I mean, that's a dirty little secret that honestly, I think if more people were serious about it, they, they would really see the difference and they would feel better, right? But pump style workouts, hypertrophy workouts, even if you don't lose 12 pounds and you only lose eight, you may have lost, you know, um, 12 pounds of fat, right? Because, because you've kept more muscle along the way. Um, I have a question saying, I add my food in my fitness pal, but it never seemed to align to eat to perform, even if it appears to have similar numbers to my macros. I can't seem to hit my macros. So this is easy. You have a bad entry. Um, that, that's the question, right? I'm not sure if it's just a transfer issue, um, getting the data in from MyFitnessPal, or if it, it, it's not saying calories are off. Because like, so, so fat calories nine, uh, protein is four, carbs are four. You should be able to, to equal 
all of those things, when you add them up and multiply them by those numbers, it should equal your calories. If that's not happening, you have a bad entry, right? Um, in terms of transferring over, I don't see how that would be a problem necessarily. I know it takes time, but I don't, it wouldn't mess with the numbers. So it, it uh, sounds like it sounds like a, an issue unless we're not understanding what you're saying. Um, another question asking, what happens after fat loss two? Am I in it PR forever? Uh, well, we definitely know the answer to that. And the answer is no. Um, we thought it at one point. Um, hold on one second. At one point, we definitely thought, you know, and, and from a science perspective, right, in theory, you could do it. In reality, the answer is no. You're going to have to do some level of cleanup along the way. And it sort of depends on how rigid you want to be. You know, if you were to ask me, so I, I say this virtually every podcast, I go in five-year cycles, right? Because that's the best way to do it right? Based on everything I've seen, everything I know, five-year cycles is the best. The only thing better would be 10-year cycles. The problem with five-year cycles and 10-year cycles is that the weekends of Vegas do happen, right? The, the week at Nana's happens, right? And so you're going to have to clean that up along the way. So in the past, you know, if you're asking me the spirit of the program, it, scientifically, could you stay in PR? Yes. The spirit of the program is to get people to have a better relationship with food. And if that means that they have to run a fat loss cycle every two years, then I think that fits the spirit of the program. I don't want people obsessing about food forever so they can stay in PR. Ultimately, you know, just over time, there's, there's so much to this. Your body does want to grow as a means of saving you, right? And so I've not really seen a scenario. I've seen people in PR for a very long time. I've also seen some people that are comfortable with weight gain and stay in PR, and that is totally fine, right? If, you, if that is the mentality that you come with. But at some point, I think everyone needs some cleanup, even me. I think that's it for questions, but there is a comment here from Becca I will read for you. Um, I was on 2,300 calories and steady in PR. I liked that I could eat so much food. I had more energy. I'm currently in fat loss too and seeing results. Walking mostly, yoga, one to two workouts a week. I love your philosophy and really appreciate all the explanation. Makes it less confusing. To add to that, I had a lot of gains in PR on 2,300 calories a day and lost 11 inches of fat and only three and only three pounds. It works. I saw the proof. Thank goodness. This is the only success I've had at this level of effectiveness. And I will be 57 in a few weeks, better and stronger than I've ever been. That's cool. Um, and thank you, because we do love hearing that. Um, I am now realizing that one of the things that I was supposed to be doing um, is to talk to you folks about lifetime, right? Because most of you would not be lifetime clients because 
there's a separate meeting for for lifetime. Um, that's an example of what what lifetime is all about. That's the reason why we sell lifetime, right? Because it only gets better after that, right? Every single day after. And so if you think about why we built the program, we built the program as kind of a respite for diet. Now, does that mean that you never eat less? No, but, but you know, there's too much emphasis on the dieting piece. And like Becca's saying is that even when weight loss isn't necessarily there, there's visible change a lot of the time. And as she's going along, it will only get better, right? And I think that that's what I like most about Lifetime. You know, we did, um, this is, I don't necessarily wanna get into it too much, but I'm very intrigued by the NFT world, right? And one of the things that's interesting to me in the NFT world is tying a service to an NFT, right? And, um, you know, if you're not familiar with NFTs or non-fungible tokens, you're gonna see them. They're gonna become like a huge deal because brands are gonna be using them um, to sell special services like Lifetime. And one of the things that happens with NFTs, right? So like, imagine that, you know, you, went to the grocery store and you have a rewards program. That's essentially an NFT, right? And if you could transfer your reward, that's what makes NFTs really, really special. And that's why we're moving to lifetime being transferable, right? We want to show you more value, more special things, right? We want to, we want to be like your oasis in kind of this desert of dieting that surrounds most of our lives right and kind of bad imagery bad you know focusing on body weight too much and and not focusing enough on who we are as people both mentally and physically that's what we want to be when you look at what eat perform started with when we offered lifetime the first time every single person that bought that will say to you, oh my goodness, I can't believe that I'm still getting the results. Um, the, the, the new offerings, all the special stuff, right? Um, that we've become, right? The initial lifetime was just lifetime forum access, right? And then we were like, if we're gonna move to this, we're going all we're going, you know, with both feet. And so, so they were grandfathered in to all these cool things. But five, 10 years from now, I'm just telling you, like what we've grown to, what we've become, it's just gonna keep getting better. And it's gonna become more and more valuable. And so we wanna make it transferable so that it has more value to you, right? And I mean, it does help that, uh, you know, if as an example, like in the in the case of right now where the cost is two thousand dollars, it's effectively one thousand dollars if you can transfer it for a thousand, get get a thousand dollars back, right? So to me, that makes it more consumable. That means we can help more people, 
And that, that was the whole idea all along. So um, Lifetime goes on sale next week. The sign-up list is um, in the group. You will not be able to get a transfer of member membership without being on that list. So make sure that you're on that list. It also came, um, it also came through email and we are gonna send it out through the app probably tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. All right, I appreciate everybody being here. You guys had a lot of, a lot of great questions. You kind of got me off guard a few times and then it was so distracting because we had so many people. So it's kind of awesome to have a lot of people, a lot of great questions and then a lot of good topics. So appreciate everybody being here. We'll talk to you later. Bye now.